the gains are different. Um, there are some things that you experience that you visibly notice. I went from point A to point B. I am more skilled. I am more capable. I'm more skill set, more scholarly, whatever, you know, however you want to call it. Uh, you see those big leaps. Um, what you don't see and what I don't think we celebrate is we don't celebrate the little things. And through an academic career, to your point, you don't, you know, the day in, the day out, we don't, you know, that, there's nothing glorious about that particularly, that, that daily grind. grind. But when you look but back you look over back, the course of, back, you know, in your case, you know, getting a degree or graduating or whatever people are studying, the, all those little things add up to something. And I, and, and as myself being an extremely impatient person, I, I, I get frustrated with myself in the same capacity because I don't see that. And it's usually not until I've gone down the road far enough that I realize, wow, look at all of these little things. And I realize in such a bigger picture how that has developed. Empower You Podcast is devoted to bringing real-world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. University of St. Francis Music Technology Bachelor's and Associate's Degree programs allow students to focus on the genre and specific area of the music industry that interests them. With concentrations in audio production, audio for video post-production, live sound, music business, and contemporary artist development, there's something for everyone. Here are just a few examples of students' music. Go to sf.edu to learn more. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kid Boy Cooper, and I am so glad that you are here. Um, so today, we're going to be talking about um, the differences between skill sets and scholars. We're going to talk about, you know, kind of the differences there. Um, but first, I really want to uh, make sure that I give a really good shout out and a welcome to our title sponsor for this season. You know, this season is all about education. And so um, our title sponsor for this season is the University of St. Francis in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, that is the school that I went to and graduated with a degree in audio for creative arts. Um, I spent a lot of time on that campus in the culture, uh, not only learning and sharpening my skills, but making valuable lifelong connections that have really enabled me to do some amazing things. And I really just can't stress enough enough how thankful I am for the experiences that I had at the University of St. Francis, and I want to welcome them as a title sponsor. That means you guys are going to be seeing more of their content. You're going to hear more about the things that they're doing, and um, in this interview, you're actually going to talk to a really incredible part of their staff and their creative team, uh, and uh, who's going to be our guest for today. So uh, like I said, we're talking about the differences between having a skill set 
set and being a scholar is very, very different things. Um, you might think of them as the same things, but as we break this down, you're going to be like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. So um, our guest is um, the program director for the music technology department, a tone meister. He has like a thousand different degrees um, that just reinforce all of the incredible expertise he brings to his role as director of the music technology program. And you may have heard uh, the ads for uh, the University of St. Francis and uh, the music technology program. All of those students reside under his care, his oversight uh, as he develops these programs that equip students uh, to be able to be really competitive in the work field. So um, I won't hold us up too much more because I really want to get into this conversation. All right. So uh, I want you all to welcome Mr. Miles Fullwilder to our show. Miles, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks, Kidway. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you so much good. for being here. I know you're super busy uh, with the students and everybody, but I appreciate you taking some time. Oh, happy to do it. Happy to have, it, have this conversation. So thanks for the invitation. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I would love to know a little bit about what you're doing um, and, um, you know, kind of the work that you are involved in in your field. Uh, tell us about you just a little bit before we go deep into these questions. Well, sometimes I don't know that I know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> um, But as far as a little bit about me, so as you uh, mentioned here at the top, so I'm program director for the music technology and digital media management programs here at the University of St. Francis. And I uh, have this split personality where part of myself is here working with students and an amazing staff and faculty here that I just love working with and working with students and talking about all the things that you might do in the professional sector. And then the other part of me works in the professional sector. So I work as a recording engineer, music producer, I work in post-production for sound, for film, for TV, things of that nature. And so uh, I feel like I'm pretty fortunate in the sense that I get to do those things professionally and then I get to talk about it and work with really creative young minds and students that uh, coincidentally instruct me in many ways as well. And I learn a lot from, which is a, a, a probably maybe a little selfish, but also a really great <laughs> to the situation. But, um, so that, but that's a little bit about me. So I'm either, you know, in a classroom working with students or I'm probably making some music or working on a film or something like that. That's awesome. So so you're not only the program director, but you literally go out and do the stuff that you're teaching, right? So you're a product of your own uh, your own expertise, right? Does that, does that sound yeah. right? No, it's, it's true. It's, it's something where um, that was always really important to me. You know, I always wanted to be, you know, as I, as I got into education, it was a really a matter of trying to find a situation that uh, that, that encouraged that, um, because I, I I will be honest, um, as you I mean you know this where, you know this is on other industries but they're, they're, the industry that is music and technology and entertainment it changes so quickly and I personally feel like I I I don't feel like I'm equipped to instruct and to demonstrate because of trends and technologies that change so quickly if I'm not actively doing it. So it's definitely mm. a piece that it's part of my soul. It's what I love doing as well. But I, I don't feel that I, I, I would be comfortable in a classroom setting if it wasn't something that I could literally be 
well, here's something else that I'm doing, you know, or this is something else that I've learned this week when I was doing this and this. And so I, I, I hope that I bring that type of application into my classes. That's really, really awesome because I, I think in some cases, right, and, and this is not to knock anybody, but I think we can get very, very comfortable telling young people what to do, right, because you've got this <laughs> career that you were doing for however long. And so you really start to lose touch with what is interesting and what is dynamic, what is engaging for uh, the, the, the students that you might be teaching because, you know, you're, you're kind of uh, calcified in your own experience. And I think it's really amazing that you continually are doing things like, you know, if you guys follow Miles Fullwilder, follow Miles Fullwilder on social media, you really are going to see, like, this guy travels and does everything. Like, is there's no telling where he is doing something with audio video. And I think that is incredible because as a student, that's the kind of person I want to I wanna work with, right? That's the person I want to learn from because I want to be inspired by the people I learn from. And even the other staff at University of St. Francis uh, in the music technology department, they're, they're doing things, and even throughout the campus, you know, they're doing things that um, are inspiring. And so I feel like if you don't have that to offer your students, you know, your students can only look up to you so much. And so I think it's great that that's, that was one of your goals in education was to be an example more than just an instructor. Yeah. You know, and I, again, it's just, it's, it's me following suit. You know, I've had some really great, uh, you know, I talk about this a lot. I've had a really great mentors and they, I feel like they kind of gave me the roadmap, you know, yeah. and, and really clearly demonstrated how that could be done. And so in many ways, I feel like I'm just trying to follow in those shoes and present those types of opportunities for students that were granted to me, you know, in various capacities. That's amazing, man. So, so what do you think of, um, you know, when you think about a skill set, right? Because what you're, what you have is a skill set that you use um, quite regularly in your own practice, but then that you also teach, right? And that's what was passed down to you. This, this, this uh, servant leader type of model that you then have taken and passed down to your students, which is just incredible. Um, would you say that, uh, um, you know, I, I, I tend to get, I'm not super scholarly, okay? I don't believe I'm super scholarly. Um, I don't think I'm unintelligent, but I do possess certain skill sets and that, you know, for me, I think that has been a driving factor in the opportunities that I've had. And so I'm, when I'm listening to you, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what do you define as? Do you feel like your skill set is what has helped you out a lot? Or do you feel like, you know, the model of, of being a true student of the art of, or of, your, of your field, rather, has been uh, more beneficial for you? That's an interesting question. I am, you know, I, when I think of skill set, just to make it really bite size in my mind I think of a skill set as the capacity to do something um, you know where it's um, you know I, I have a skill set I you know I mow my lawn you know and uh, you know I have the capacity to do that and and again like I, I say that because you know in, in a former life we actually had a landscaping business you know and I would say in that field, I definitely had the capacity. I could do the things. I could put in sprinkling systems. I could um, 
mow lawns. I could, I had these skill sets to do things. You know, there was an objective, there was a uh, something that needed to be accomplished, and I and I could do those things. And so I just I look at the idea of a skill set where, um, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying, I think that we all possess a lot of different types of skill sets. And so for me, the idea is that. It's, it really boils down the, to the capacity to do things. I think where people find themselves, where both where people find themselves in trouble um, professionally as well as opportunities for growth are particularly in those areas of skill sets. You know, how often have we said, yeah, I can do that when we don't really know how to do that. In that case, I don't think we have the skill set. We might have the skill set to learn how to do those things and to apply mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. But essentially, but that's what that will give us that growth opportunity. But um, simply, I, I just look, that's how I look at what a simple skill set it is. It's the ability, the capacity to do something, um, whatever that is, whether that's industry related or, or whatever. Right. So would you, what would you, how would you define being a scholar then? So I look at that as a bit more of a symbiotic relationship where I think just by nature, we, we attribute advanced study or things of that nature to scholarly, you know, in the world of academia, you know, scholarly implies extensive research or case studies and development of methodologies and those kinds of things. But, you know, I think that there's, I won't say a breakdown, but it, it, I feel like in the, in the nitty gritty of every day that, that that looks a little differently. But what I do think it does is it, uh, this the aspect of being scholarly requires a great, uh, a strong curation of those skill sets that you are able to operate at a I don't, more advanced or a deeper level mm, in some things. Okay. You know, I mean, no one is yeah. going to be a scholar at everything, right? But, um, but in there, but there are these attributes where um, the the idea of being a scholar, in my mind, has less to do with the degree or these kinds of traditional things that we might associate that with, but more about the breadth of knowledge, the depth of knowledge, and the and the and the facility therein. Mm, that makes so much sense. So you're thinking like, you know, it's it's. So when I think of scholarly, I always think you know you got all these advanced degrees, but you can't like work a, a remote control. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so I, I love how you're saying that. It's just like you know your experience allows you your scholarly experience or dedication to learning or mastering this skill set is what creates a deeper understanding of it which increases your capacity and aptitude for it in a in a more practical sense so i like that 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 sounds really good yeah that makes a lot of sense do you think it's more valuable to um you know to be um which one do you think is more valuable? I'll put it that way. You know, having a skill set or the capacity to do X and create X result for a company or for yourself, or do you think it's more valuable to be a true um, scholar or a student of your craft um, and be able to operate on a much deeper level in whatever field that may be? You know, especially as it pertains to students. You know, because I'm sure you see some students who have a lot of capacity, right? May not be the deepest um, thinker, but they have a lot of capacity for it. And then you have others uh, who probably are very, very advanced, but it's probably going to be difficult for them to find something that suits them because of how 
in depth they are into this thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. You know, I, I look at when I when I look at students, I think that there are those that, um, you know, they're eager and they want to know how to do the thing. Teach me how to do this, or when I encounter this problem, how do I fix that? Uh, you know, I'm in my case, you know, I work a lot in recording studios, so how do I record this? And you know, these kinds of things where they really want, they just have this insatiable appetite for this development of skill set. You know, so they can do all of these things, which is wonderful, and we and you you need that. That's a vital step. Um, and, you know, and that and that's required to be successful. Um, you know, in any in any job or career, for that matter. The students that I would mo- I would define a little bit more scholarly are the ones that, okay, well, how does this work? Why does it work that way? Why does how does the energy flow? How does the like you know electromagnetic response, you know, these things where there's just this, it's, it's, they're, they're captivated maybe by the, the, the activity, but what's really interesting to them is like, how does it work? Why does it work? It's kind of like, why is the sky blue? Well, because it's like, well, why is that? And it's just that, that, that curiosity that keeps trying, pushing them forward. So I, I, you know, that's how I, you know, would probably separate those out in my mind a little bit based on what I see with students in the classroom. What's, what do you think the biggest challenges is for those different types of students, different type of people, you know, because we can, you know, we can get really into the minutiae, right, the fine detail of something, um, but ultimately be not really a doer, right? For myself, sometimes I can get paralyzed by all the details. Um, I like processes, right? I like... Um, to create things that have steps. I like teaching things that have steps. I like laying out processes in order to get a certain result, you know, like a recipe, you know what I mean? Uh, I like to like line up all the ingredients and the measurements on the counter and be like, voila, this is what you do, you know? Um, But at the same time, there are some people who can just create incredible things because they are so absorbed with the fine detail. Do you, what are the challenges you see um, in your students and even just that you've noticed in your career um, from these two different types of approaches to work? So I think when you're talking about skill set, I think the challenge is I've never liked that adage. Um, oh, just to my mind. Um, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. You know, I've, I've always felt that clearly came from somebody who does not work in a creative field. Mm. <laughs> and, and I say that in a sense because there's so many different aspects that, uh, you know, call upon different seg- segments of the brain to, to do things, you know? Yeah. If you're a, you know, if you're a freelancer or maybe not even just in the arts, but you know, you're a freelancer, you're, you're responsible for the creation of the art, the, you know, the, the, uh, development with the client plus the management and all these other kinds of things so it's it's a lot um, that's spread out there and so I think that the challenge on the aspect of just developing skill set is knowing you know do I have enough do I know enough to do the thing and you're you know am I do I just have to keep doing all these other kinds of things you know just this this uh this fear of not knowing enough or not having enough skill sets to do the objective, I think, and where you're just chasing after things, um, you, you know, and, and I say that even just for my own, for my own perspective, like my own self, like there's so many kinds of things where, 
you know, years ago, I worked in in the computer science field, and I worked as a developer. And it's been many years since I've done any developing code-wise outside of some basic scripting or something. But every now and then, I get this feeling of like, oh man, I should dive back in and like, you know, explore some of these other programming languages and things like this. But really, like, you know, I don't think that there's the time, but there's a feeling of I should do that. So, so there's that. Um, I, so I think that that's a thing. Um, so I think that just that feeling of, um, you know, when do, when do I know that I've acquired the skill sets to do what I'm trying to do? Mm, yeah. Always just more pulling at your attention. Yeah. In, in the case of Scholar, I think it, it starts to ride on the side of, you know, how deep do you go? And yeah. at what point, you know, to, to the end, of, I mean, the thing that we haven't really talked about is, you know, this, this could apply to hobbies, this could apply to careers, but, but, you know, if we're talking about just jobs and making a living and stuff like this, it also, you know, the complimentary good to this is, well, is this able to be monetized? Are people able to pay you for this service or for your right. skill set or for your knowledge? And so right. I think the other side of it where on the scholarly side is it's at some point, are you, are you so, like you use the word minutia, are you so invested in that discovery that maybe that's not giving you the results that you want either. Mm. You know, maybe you're finding that person that's able to compensate you in a way. You know, and again, only you know, just looking at it from an occupational standpoint, that that can be that can be a challenge as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's a really good point you make too, because you know, ultimately, you know, what regardless of what it is you really care about doing or that you're very much into. Um, ultimately you're going to want to make a living doing this and so you really have to be mindful of the amount of time you spend in the weeds so to speak right the amount of time Mm -hmm. you spend just like obsessing over the finest details because you know what i've realized in production uh is that most people don't see what you see. <laughs> they just don't. They've sat with the end product for probably about, you know, two hours maybe, you know, maybe something like that. Um, whereas you've spent weeks and weeks obsessing over how this looks. They're not, they're not going to be able to capture all of the time and investment that you have spent on this thing. And so there is, I agree with you, there's this fine balance of of knowing when enough is enough. When, you know, it's like, so for instance, like when I launched my coaching service uh, where I teach other people how to create podcasts for their business and things like that, I was obsessing over all the different processes and everything that could go wrong and all the things I need to know and all this other kind of stuff. And I realized you're, they're not, they're just buying the results, right? They, they want you to build the thing. They don't necessarily care about all the other stuff, you know? And if that mm-hmm. stuff is something that they have a question about, you're more than capable of giving them those answers. Whatever is gonna be useful to your client, to the end goal of whatever your skill set or your, that's what I tend to focus on because I can be, you know, obsessing over perfection forever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure you've had projects where you like, I did all this work and then you show it to the client and they're just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but but I, but I will say this just because the artist side of me, like it would be dying inside just to let that rest like that. But I mean, that also <laughs> is what makes us good creators. You know, I mean that 
that just makes us the quirky individuals that we are, you know? I mean, no matter what, we still will obsess, you know? And it, whether it's a deadline or that's when the check comes, you know, that might be the determining factor when it's over. I mean, that's the reality. Um, but but ultimately, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying to that outside of the fact that, you know, those obsessions drive us in a unique way that I think is important. And that struggle, though we all don't like it um, and it's uncomfortable, is is an important step. And yeah. we wouldn't create the same way if it didn't exist. Right, right, absolutely. What's been one of the biggest challenges you've had um, as you've developed your skill set? You know, of that that balance that you know of, of of knowing when is enough, when is you know like okay, let this go, just let's move on. You know what I mean? Like, what what was the yeah. biggest challenge for you? You know, because I mean, at this point, you know, you've got all these incredible certifications which i'm gonna have you list some of them uh just because i need i need you guys to understand the level of understanding that miles has with his craft um it's really really inspiring but first we'll answer this question um like what what was what's what was some of your biggest challenges with that you know where did you have to like pull yourself in a corner and like we're gonna do it this way we have to focus you know okay um I think I have a couple of thoughts about that. One is my biggest challenge is still something I deal with every day. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is, but anytime I send something, particularly like that first whatever to a client, it doesn't matter how good you are. And it's weird. Like sometimes, you know, you're working with somebody that, you know, has come to you and they're like, I absolutely love the work that you do. And they have like, you know, they, they you know, you're just inundated with these wonderful accolades, you know, and they're just so excited to work with you. And it doesn't even matter, but in that situation, you still, when you send something to the client, you're just, you're just holding your breath. Absolutely. And you're, it's always just, you're sweating when you send it off. Cause you don't want, obviously you don't, you know, you've, you've, you've invested some of yourself in no matter what it is. And so you're always sweating, are they gonna like this or whatever? But that is still the hardest thing and it, it never gets easier. Mm. <laughs> and so, so, so one, I, I think that that's the hardest thing that I feel you still encounter. And I think that, again, as you're learning and developing, which we all are, and we're always students of our craft, that doesn't go away. And I think that there's this false expectation that at some point you kind of reach this level. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it does. And if in some cases, I almost wonder if those that roller coaster even becomes more violent when um, there's higher stakes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, and but then, but the other side, the other side of that is how you take um, criticism, and you know, you when you're dealing with creation, you are dealing with your own emotions and other people's emotions, and we all communicate differently. And text messages and emails, as we know, are probably not the best way to get creative ideas across. Yeah but you're convenient for communicating. And as a result, oftentimes we can really feel crushed by, mm. you know, I can send something off and I get an emoji that's like a thumbs up or a thanks. And I don't know what that means. I don't mean, do you like it? Do you hate it? Does this mean everybody has to listen to it and they're gonna, they've got to evaluate it. Am I gonna get three pages of notes back? I don't know what that means. Whereas, um, you know, I've gotten critique back that was, 
very lengthy and I interpreted it one way and I completely felt destroyed over it mm. and come to find out that was either maybe that's what they meant but in other situations it wasn't what they meant and I was completely beating myself up over it my confidence is shaken and it, it just came down to the fact that just that communication as far as how we you know just how we communicate that way and so I think that that's the other aspect that's, that's challenging is how you deal with that criticism and how you incorporate that and then either improve upon or whatever the case might be mm. handling criticism is is uh we might have to do a whole segment on that man handling criticism is a it's an entirely different beast because <laughs> you know it it is the when i agree with that so much every time you know i put out a new podcast i'm always i feel some kind of way i'll be like oh this is gonna be the one that flops here we go <laughs> you know like what uh, you know and it's uh, and so when you say like you feel like the better things get the more violent the the roller coaster i'm like oh god that sounds rough but it's well, also an honor to do it and to, and to continue to make yourself vulnerable enough to uh, to put things out into the world whether they're for your clients or for yourself um, some people can't do that. They can't even manufacture the authenticity to create things. And um, it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Well, you know, I heard this the other day and I, it really resonates with me. It's that, it's, you know, success is, success is being able to do the same thing the next day, you know, and that really resonates with me in this industry. And, you know, there, you know, we, this is, way off topic but you know just on that idea of criticism I there was a project that I worked on I was very proud of typical pour your heart and soul into and I <laughs> sent it to the client and it was one of those things that through the conversation leading up to this I had no indication that I was off base on anything and I sent it off and you know it's one of those things where a week goes by and you're not hearing anything and you're just waiting you're waiting and I get this email back and it's a good I don't know, it's two pages or one page, but small type, but it fills a page. And it was, you know, one of these instances I was mentioning where you feel pretty crushed. And it really rattled me because it was, you know, you know, identifying the things that had not met the expectation of this um, significant individual. And it just, but again, like the, the, the taking a, taking the, the big step back is realizing this is their baby, you know? Yeah. Like this is something they're going to live with forever. Like this is their work that I'm being invited to manipulate and enhance or refine or capture. And so, you know, for them, you know, they've got, you know, in the case of a musician, they've got to go out on the road and tour with this for the next several years or a year or something where for me, I will put our, my heart, same heart and soul into everything, but I'm gonna, you know, next, when that's done, I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of got to understand where everyone's coming from, but uh, long story short is they, they um, I got this email and it just hurt. And I have it printed off and I have it laminated and I have it in a shelf, right, where I do a lot of work. And I, that's a, it's a reminder for me, particularly when I'm, feeling pretty good about myself just you know it's it's just a good reminder that um you know there's there you know how you make that criticism and how you make 
how that helps build you to be a better whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's 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 been one way personally that I've I've I felt you know I've tried to make myself better handling criticism is that constant reminder of <laughs> a situation that was not super pleasant. Thanks for listening to Empower You Podcast. I want to take a second and tell you about a service I've been using that has literally changed my life. Akita Ricks, the founder of SawyerScore.com, helped me erase negative items on my credit score, provided me a clear path to improving my credit, and raised my score by 100 points in the first 90 days. Like, whoa. The best part about all of this is all I had to do was follow instructions. Now, if you're like me and you need a credit bestie, you need to click the link below and schedule your absolutely free discovery call today. Tell them Kidboy sent you. Yeah, that sounds rough, man. I, you know, I stopped doing certain kinds of work because um, I don't think it was so much just the criticism as much as um, I think sometimes people don't really know what they want. And so you can get caught in this cycle of constantly doing for them and they're never really happy. And it's not because you didn't bend over backwards. It's because... They weren't really sure to begin with, and they're still trying to figure it out while you're constantly changing things. So it's kind of like, well, and that's when I learned to have contracts with uh, the number of hours in them. Yeah. So that everybody understands we're going to spend a certain amount of hours on this, and we're going to refine it as best as we can. So that gives them the incentive to get their vision a little bit more clear. Um, and then also yeah. to uh, to know that like we're not going to do this for forever. You know, the contract is for X amount of hours, and we've already elapsed some of that. I will. I'm happy to help you out with the next X amount of hours, but after that, like we're not going to keep going back and forth about this. You know what I mean? Totally. I learned totally. that uh, early because yeah, again, you know, skill sets. You know, that's how I approached the working world. I was like, okay, well, I can do this. I can do that. So I need to find income. I need to find jobs and opportunities that help me capitalize on these skill sets. Do you feel like any of your students or do you feel like at some point you were very tentative to step out and say, this is my skill set. This is what I can do. This is what I provide. Um, was, was, what are the, the barriers for that? You know, I think it. I think it really comes down, down to confidence. You know, um, you know, some some individuals seem to get a really nice ramp, you know, headed where they're at, and where there's some gradual steps that that make that, you know, launch into, we'll say, professional sector. Uh, I don't say easier, but a little bit more expected. You know, it's a little bit more calculated. There are others where it's just boom, the doors are open and now I'm ready to roll. And so I think it just comes down to confidence because you can always, it's, it's one thing to just sit and create and do, but, and, and, if, and if it's intended to just be for you and that's fine and it's not meant to be shared outside of that, then that's fine. But if it's something that you want to be pursuing and you want to make a career or whatever i mean it's got to it's got to be recognized it's got to be visible it's got to be experienced and so in those cases that's just that it's those steps of um you know confidence and you know there are definite things that i have plenty of confidence in doing but i still have a lot of 
apprehension or nerves about when it comes time to do that. And yeah. it's it's just it's just being able to manage those things. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the uh, so first tell me about the different certifications that you have. I have a question I want to ask you, but I want to I really want to hear about the different certifications that you have um, and how you have really maximized the original skill set, right, that you came out of school with and to be where you are now. So certifications like degrees and this yeah, and that and all, yeah. the, all those things. Absolutely. Your scholarly uh, journey. My scholarly <laughs> journey. So um, academic. So my, uh, I have a master's in music technology, which involves an advanced certificate in Tonemeister studies, which is um, an ac- uh, academic terminal degree um, that's very unique dealing with being essentially a record producer and recording and mixing sound. And uh, I have a degree, uh, an associate's degree in com- uh, computer science. I have a uh, bachelor's degree in digital media. I, as far as professional certifications, I'm an avid learning partner. So I, I teach some industry software um, that allows me to teach and give professional um, certificates to others to to conduct that kind of training. Um, There's many different software and technologies that offer different certifications and things like that that I um, have achieved as well. So it's just, I I mean, I I love what I do in my industry and I'm always interested in uh, really feeling confident. Again, you know, having that confidence and understanding the technology because ultimately that will influence how I use that with uh, clients and projects and creative pursuits. Yeah, that's amazing. What what part of that um, makes you the most nervous? The most nervous? Yeah. As think, far as... I think uh, just like you... Or... Yeah, like so, so, you know, as we... Well, I'll only speak for myself. As I get better and I can see myself visibly getting better, there are still aspects of my journey um, that you you just still get, you know, the sweaty armpits about, you know, and I think for students and then just for anybody who's listening, no matter where you are on your journey, there are areas um, that you're just nervous about. You can have all the proof in the world that this is okay and that you're doing a great job, but they just always create this anxiety for you um and i think that's normal i want to think that's normal right that's what i go through so i'm like oh everybody's doing it you know yeah, but yeah. you know what what is that for you oh man it's so many thoughts yeah <laughs> um i you know i experienced the same things uh, i i think you know, it sounds cliche, but, you know, the more you know, the more you grow, there's that ever increasing feeling that, man, are they going to realize I'm a fraud, that mm. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I think that those, that is a real fear. And that's the way I feel. So I think for me, that's the biggest thing is, you know, I, I grow and develop in certain areas, but there's this you know, it just exposes you to so many more things that you don't know. And again, you're like, oh, maybe these are other things I got to learn and develop. And 
it's wonderful, but the uh, the result is that, yeah, I think it increases that feeling that um, you're a fraud. Yeah, yeah, because there's always another level of understanding, you know. Um, I think that's really, really interesting that especially, and this is this is this is significant for me because um, I see you as one of the ultimate experts that I know in regards to audio, um, uh, in regards to a lot of things production-wise and everything like that. You know, so when I have a significant question or or and, I, and we've t- had different conversations about the industry stuff as well, um, and so to think that at any point even with all the expertise that you have, you know, you're still like, man, like, I'm still just trying to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm on my toes here. You know, I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. And I think it's a, um, a great place to be. I'm learning that that's the, the place to occupy because that's where your genuine creativity is, right? Your, your genuine desire to do a good job. It doesn't reside in, you know, your, your ego. It resides in your authenticity, which could present itself as anxiety or worry or, you know, whatever that is. Um, so I think that's really, really cool. I, I don't I don't know anybody else in the city um, who does as many things as you do in this capacity. And I, did, don't you have like a seat at the Grammys or something like that? Did I hear this? Oh, well, I'm a, yeah, I'm a voting member in the Recording Academy, so, you know. Yeah, the, what you see is the Grammys every year. I, I vote in those selections and wow. have submitted work and different things like that. That's so. amazing, man. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's wonderful. And again, like, you know, it's it's just that whole, for me, it's just that spirit of collaboration, you know? It's, it's being able to work with so many great, different kinds of people. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the best part. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... For people who are like, okay, so like, what do I do now? Like, okay, I understand I need to be active, right? And do the thing and exercise the skill set. But then I also need to be mindful that there's always more to learn. So I should always be studying my craft. Like, what's the one big takeaway you want them to have? You know, especially for our students and people who are going to listen to this and be like, hey, you know, yeah, I want to do this or I want to do that. Like, what's the biggest takeaway you think um, they need to have from this episode? But then even... Uh, as a way to think about what they're doing because we can for my uh, you can get caught up going to class checking all the boxes showing up trying to get good grades but you haven't really put together your big picture you may say you did but on an everyday level you're just trying to get through it just trying not to fail you know like <laughs> you know, there was there was some of that for me. I was like, y'all, I'm just trying to get through this. Like, I work 60 hours a week. I have 18 credit hours. I'm just really trying not to fail all these classes. I spent too much money on this education for me to fail these classes. Yep. You know, and no. so what would the, what would the be the big takeaway would you want them to have? You know, uh, the gains are different. Um, there are some things that you experience that you visibly notice I went from point A to point B, I am more skilled, I am more capable, I'm more skill set, more scholarly, whatever, you know, however you want to call it. Uh, You see those big leaps. Um, What you don't see and what I don't think we celebrate is we don't celebrate the little things. And through an academic career, to your point, you don't, you know, the day in, the day out, 
we don't, you know, that there's nothing glorious about that particularly, that, that daily grind. But when you look back over the course of, you know, in your case, you know, getting a degree or graduating or whatever people are studying, the, all those little things add up to something. And I, and, and as myself, being an extremely impatient person, <laughs> I, I, I get frustrated with myself in the same capacity because I don't see that. And it's usually not until I've gone down the road far enough that I realize, wow, look at all of these little things. And I realize in such a bigger picture how that has developed. And I think that we just, we don't, we don't celebrate the little things and we just have to know and understand that many of these big accomplishments or the goals and the aspirations that we have are truly built on those little things. And we're always looking for that next, you know, big block. It's like, okay, so I've done this and then I can get another big block and I do this. And after I've got 10 of these, I've reached this goal. But it's, it, yeah, I don't know. In my experience, it doesn't work that way. It's a block and a pile of sand and then I don't know, maybe another concrete slab. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as methodical that way. And I think yeah. that that's the big takeaway for me as I think about these things is just that recognition. And in many cases, just that celebration of what those little things are because they yeah. definitely shape and refine us. Yeah. That's really, that's really great, man. That's really great. The, the, I'm also incredibly impatient. Um, every day I feel like could be the last. So I just try to go as hard as I can every day, which can be a bit of a problem, but that's a different story. But I do, I, I, I hear you, man, because it, it's non-linear. And that's what I feel like is the frustrating part about the doctrine that we get from society right it's the you know you do this and then this happens and then you do that and then that it's like no it doesn't it doesn't it's not none of that is guaranteed maybe in somebody's textbook it is but the reality is that's not necessarily how it goes you know and so the whole idea of like it's like always brick by brick it's like well actually you know there's a lot of other things in between one brick and the next (laughs) you know like (laughs) You know, and and I think that's great. I think that's great, man. Thank you so much for 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 pouring into us today. Like I, if you all are 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 listening and you're finding some value in this, I want you to go to the University of St. Francis, Fort Wayne, uh, Facebook page, Instagram, and drop a thank you, drop a like, subscribe, follow. They're putting out a lot of really great content. They got some um, folks over in their marketing department that are really doing an amazing job. And so I want you to go and, and say thank you. Uh, you can also find Miles on Facebook. You probably didn't want everybody to know your Facebook, but <laughs> it is Miles Full Wilder on Facebook. He's an incredible and incredibly talented guy. And so uh, drop him a thank you, send him a friend request, um, tell him you're into audio, if you're into audio, if not, you know, tell him you're into landscaping. Um, (laughs) so listen before we wrap up uh, we always do a thought exercise at the end of every episode Um, and so I'm inviting you if you're if you have something for us um, would you like to do a thought exercise with us it's just something personal that you do to get yourself through um, maybe a difficult time or to motivate yourself when you feel like you're in that 
weird in between one brick and the next um, where you just like you feel like you started something now you're just like in a pause you're waiting for another piece to present itself so you can finish what you were doing um, if there's something that you do or that you would advise other people to do whether they're students or or just anyone who's listening uh, I would love to hear a thought exercise from you so I was thinking about this and I know we had, we had talked a little bit just about the overall, the overarching theme of just education yeah, and what education is. And, um, you know, I teach, I, I work in a, you know, pretty formulated academic situation, but uh, as we both know, and it's pretty clear, education looks like a lot of different things. And I was thinking about this and I think it, even particularly just over um, the last few couple of years that I think that are, are interesting is, you know, this is a little, again, might be a little bit more off topic, but, you know, thinking about education as a whole and something that stuck out to me was I really view education in how we internalize information. So I have the ability that I can find information that is 100% aligns with what I think and like and whatever. I mean, that's the beauty of so much information and the capacity to locate and find those things. Um, but something that I've been doing with myself lately is, particularly as you, you, I'm an emotional person. I, I, I think I probably react emotionally and uh, I've, an exercise I've been trying to do is when I react to something, I try to think back, you know, what does what my education tell me? What does my experience tell me? Like now I've been barraged with this information. Maybe it's a news headline or a news story. And sometimes we just instantly react or we form these real big opinions about things. And, but when you reflect on it a little bit, like what does my experience tell me? What is my life experience? We all have very important and very unique life experiences. And I think that sometimes gets just overshadowed by just that reactionary thing. And I think being able to take that education, whatever education we have, really informs how we take information in and how we form our opinions and our judgments and our um, thought processes. And so something I've been trying to do is, is I take, you know, when I when I respond to something very quickly or very, have a strong reaction to it, I try to dissect it a little bit and just say, well, what is my life experience? You know, that gut instinct that we have, like, where does that, where does that fall on this? You know, am I just throwing that sort of thing out? I'm just being emotional about something. So that's been a bit of, a bit of the exercise I've been doing with myself lately is just how, you know, relying on those, those experiences, because I think that informs how I take in information and, and react accordingly. Yeah, that's really, that's really great. Um, I love how you are, you're interchanging your life experience, your lived experience with your education. I think that's really, really important. And I think we disregard our lived experience um, as being just that, like, oh, well, you know, that's just how I grew up. It's like, but that's, those are your first, that's the first environment that educated you on however you feel. Um, and so I love that you're saying like, 
check in with all of that. Not only just, you know, what you know from a data perspective, but what you know to be true about yourself and what you have experienced, not just taking on the feeling or the the energy of of a headline or a topic or a very opinionated person, depending on where you're at, you know, like, I think that's really, really amazing. And it's so subtle, right? Because the switch happens so fast. Like you don't even notice all of a sudden, you know, like you're just, you kind of, you kind of mad now, man. Like, are you good? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like why, why am I upset all of a sudden, you know? Um, I think mm-hmm. that's amazing, man. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Especially like, you know, with all the things that are going on in the world right now, man, um, it's very, very easy to become absorbed in everyone else's energy and not really check in with what is true for you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's super helpful. Super helpful, man. Thank you. All right, y'all. Y'all got your homework, right? Check in. <laughs> Check in with your own education, your own lived experience um, before you just make emotional decisions and or um, just have emotional thoughts or or speak things over yourself even um, based off of just what's happening. Because we're human, right? And everything changes from moment to moment to moment. Um, Thank you for that. That's awesome. That's very good for me, especially today. Today was one of those days, man. Today was one of those days. I was like, whew. I gotta, I, I gotta recenter myself. I get it, man. man. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, man. It's gloomy outside. If you guys are in Indiana, you know it's been raining all day. It's like not fun at yep. all. So listen, um, how can people engage with St. Francis? How can people uh, get their students involved with the music technology program? Um, how can people reach out to you and say thank you or um, in any way participate in the things that the university is doing? Yeah, I mean, so me personally, I'm very accessible. As you mentioned, Facebook and Instagram, it's miles full wider. I'm pretty easy to find um, along those lines. As far as the University of St. Francis, um, you know, going to our webpage, there's contact information there. Uh, we do a lot of really fun uh, high school workshops and summer camps and other just programming throughout the year. We have performances, different different things. You know, we do a lot of, um, I don't know. I just, I, I like people just to reach out and be like, hey, I got a crazy idea, dot, dot, dot. And, you know, there's lots of really fun things that we do uh, with our students, with uh, with our program just based on a lot of those things so um, I would just say reach out and let's have a conversation I love it I love it y'all got your marching orders you have your thought exercise it's time to go execute uh, we're gonna we're gonna ruminate in what we've learned today about what it means to be a scholar um, and to use your skill set uh, I'm a skill set guy but I'm learning that it is in the it is in the minutiae it is in the constant learning of your craft that you really become a master of, of what you're doing and that does take a level of scholarly uh exercise right um i'm not super big on all the degrees i just I just i don't know man that's difficult well, that's only that's only one avenue man right there's, there's countless others so yeah. absolutely absolutely Listen, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm really enjoying this series already. I think it's so applicable for the state that we're at, just, um, you know, in in the United States, in the world. 
we have to reframe our understanding of what we're doing um, because if we just keep on going and we negate our lived experiences like you said you know we're just engaging in one emotional decision after the other without any real rhyme or reason so i'm having a great time with this series already and i really appreciate you coming in and spending some of your time with us man my pleasure i appreciate the invitation absolutely so if all of you all go ahead uh like subscribe follow share this with a friend of yours and if you are are like myself or miles and you have an expertise and you have something that you really want to share you have a, a program or you're a coach or a consultant and you have some kind of solution for an ideal client and you're looking to create your very own podcast i want you to reach out to me um, www.empoweryoupodcast.com uh, uh, is my website. You can reach me at uh, empoweryoupodcast uh, at gmail.com. Um, reach out to me and, and, and let's talk. Let's figure this out um, because your information, your skill set, your expertise is valuable. And if you're super, super interested, you can go to Kibway, work with Kibway Cooper and you'll get a free case study where I'll show you some of the things that I do um, that'll help you move forward. Okay. That's all free. You don't have to do anything. Um, it's just a way of me giving back to you some of my skill set, some of my expertise in order to help you out. Okay. All right. So listen, Thank you again, man. I will talk to you super, super soon. To everybody listening to Empower You Podcast, thank you. And I'll see you in another episode. Peace. Empower You Podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.